What's up, Mecca? Coach Misha here, welcoming you to the Mecca Cast, the podcast where we talk to Mecca coaches, members, and industry experts to find out who they are, what they do, and how it can help you in your fitness journey. We'll be talking to Josh Elliott, a member of Crossing Mount Lebanon and Mecca Fitness, as well as a newer CrossFit coach. We'll be discussing his fitness journey, as well as how one's fitness can change throughout his or her life. Without further ado, let's get started. Hi, I'm Josh Elliott. Um, see I've been doing CrossFit for this will be my 12th year um, and I have been a member of CrossFit Mount Lebanon for two and a half actually it was two years in March so going on three years so Josh let's start at the very beginning what kind of things did you do as a child and what did you do through high school and up through college I was always active in sports um, you know, I had a, a solid group of friends. I moved around a lot as I was a kid. I moved here in Pittsburgh probably, so I think it was 1990. But I played baseball, soccer uh, were my big sports. And then when I moved to Pittsburgh, um, I got into ice hockey. So I was probably about 10 years old, didn't know how to ice skate or anything like that. So that was my sport for a really long time. Picked up lacrosse my junior year. Um, and then actually that kind of took off. So, uh, I kind of picked that up pretty well, actually. So junior, senior year, I played that didn't play hockey my senior year. Um, didn't do any weight training really. I mean, most of it, what we were doing were sprints and running and all that kind of stuff. I, I kind of remember a story where my, my mom bought me one of those wider gym sets where, do you remember those where they had the sand weights? Oh, yeah, I think so. Where it was like a narrow bench. Yeah, and then I will never forget. Like there was – I had no clue what I was doing. Um, there was a big sheet. It was a grid of every workout movement that you could do on this wider bench. And I had no idea what I was doing, so I thought you had to do every movement. And there was probably about 20 different movements. So I remember basically working out to an exhaustion in my basement – no idea what I was doing. That was in high school. Uh, no lifting, none of that stuff. We didn't do any of that stuff. So when I got to college, um, I actually played club lacrosse for Georgia Tech, which was cool. Um, you know, we did still didn't do any lifting, but it was mostly just practice. You know, we practiced every day a week. We would do some running, things like that. Um, and it wasn't till my sophomore year in college, I think, gosh, I was probably about 20 or 21 and I won't give you the full story, but long story short is I ended up, ended a relationship, um, had let myself go, whatever that means. And, uh, I was with an older fraternity brother and he more or less pulled me aside in in a not so nice way and told me that I better get my act together. I'm, I'm back on the market. You know, he took me under his wing we were actually ended up being roommates uh, that summer, and there was this pretty cool place, uh, probably I don't know, 200 yards down from my fraternity house at Georgia Tech, where it was called the Barbell Club. It was a 24/7 club where you paid $10 a month. The lights were always on, and they used to get old Georgia Tech football equipment, and then they would move it into this space. And they had, uh, I mean. 
I, there, there was equipment there I didn't even know how to use, right? So day one, I mean, a lot of the times that I reason why I didn't lift, I had no idea what, what I was doing. And this guy showed me how to lift. I mean, obviously by the looks at me, we didn't train legs a lot. <laughs> so we benched, we did all the, like the bodybuilding type, type movements. And I was hooked and we would just, we every day at 10, 10 or 11 o'clock, you know, starting, I just started carving that time out in my life, uh, to lifting and it, it just took off. Not a lot of cardio, but just a lot of like, you know, the typical spread where it would be chest, you know, chest and buys or backs and back and tries shoulders. We would try to do legs one day, but then we would end up bailing and doing chest twice a week. And it kind of went from there. What were your opinions on fitness at this point? Was it kind of something you did for fun, something to supplement regular sports, or did you really view it as something to lead a healthy lifestyle? At that point in my, my and this is how, how the, the whole journey's evolved, it started with vanity. I mean, it, I wanted to look good with my shirt off. I mean, plain and simple. And at that time, I didn't. I was never really like muscular. I kind of had to build my physique. So I guess you would kind of say it was bodybuilding. I mean, that was the first, um, I guess, step in the process. And uh, that started to evolve probably towards functionality. Um, and that leads me to the next phase after kind of the vanity and bodybuilding I got into after college, I moved up to Baltimore and I worked at the vitamin. I had a, I worked my normal day job. And then on the weekends I would work at a vitamin shop because I knew a lot about supplements at that time. And I always wanted to learn a little bit more. And there was a guy that worked there that he was into, I don't know, I guess you would say alternative forms of fitness at that time. And that include kettle, kettlebells, uh, club bells. There were kind of ballistic movements. And this was probably around 2006. And um, there was this big thing called RKC. It's Rush, Russian Kettlebell Challenge. And it was this through this dragon door. This is, this is like this subculture. So I got really in to kettlebells. I got into a, like a lot of strong man movements, sandbags, farmers carries, like starting to build up my grip and starting to build up functionality because I had some size to me, but it wasn't functional. I still would struggle to run around the block, lifting like bags of mulch or being functional with my movements started to become important to me at that time. So you got a little into what you kind of did after college, but did you do anything else really to help support health um, after you graduated and didn't necessarily have a specific regiment like lacrosse or was it kind of that and how does that lead you into finding CrossFit wherever you were at that point? So yeah, I wasn't really involved. I just thought working out made you healthy. In, in a weird way, which it does, but my diet really, I didn't do anything with my diet. I mean, I tried to eat, I'm using air quotes, healthy, whatever that meant, you know, trying to stay away from unhealthier foods, but I had no plan. You know, I was kind of sticking to meat, kind of like meat and potatoes, but no really like tracking or anything like that. So as I was going through this kettlebell journey, I actually got, um, certified in the, the Russian kettlebell certification, which is actually turned into the 
CrossFit kettlebells. There was a few guys that were doing it, then moved over to the CrossFit. And I remember specifically this this kettlebell certification. Uh, there was a fitness requirement, and people from all over the world were there. There were people from Australia, people from California. This was up in Minnesota, and then based on your body weight at the time, I had to do this Russian kettlebell uh, snatch test. And it was um, hangs. We call them hang snatches, but they just call them snatches. And you had to do 64. Now it seems like it is not that daunting, but at the time you had to do 64 unbroken uh, snatches without dropping the kettlebell, and you you can only switch hands once. So that could be you know 32, 32, whatever. As we just did 18, eight. You know you, you could do it. Um, just your hands and your grip now they moved it over to doing 100 snatches in five minutes and you can set the kettlebell down as much as you can point being um i remember going to this certification and you didn't pass the certification until you did this this test right and there were these guys that were all tan and super fit running circles around us and we're like who are these guys and what are they doing they were doing crossfit so I didn't even know what CrossFit, this was 2006, 2007. I didn't know what CrossFit was, but that was the first time I saw someone who was doing CrossFit and moving. Fast forward to probably 2008 or nine, I had a friend who I worked out with in college, was living in DC at the time, and he found CrossFit in Alexandria, Virginia, in the DC area. And at the time, you know, I was looking up main page stuff and I, I was like, this is ridiculous. This is just, you know, there's no weight training. This is, you know, this looks stupid to me. Who in their right mind is going to work out to exhaustion? Everything that I was taught conventionally, working out till exhaustion like that wasn't good for you. Didn't know any of the background, just, just basically made an assumption and a judgment, right? So then I was at my job and I did a quick Google search on the affiliate uh, loc locator and CrossFit BWI, which is now 12 Labors CrossFit, who consistently sends teams to the games now. He had a gym, Ryan Thompson. He had a gym um, a mile down from where I worked. It was insane. And so on my lunch break, I just went down there, checked it out. You know, basically told the guy, you know, I, you know, I wanted to take a, a class. I was ready to sign up, ready to go. And then he was like, well, let's just put you through a benchmark workout first. And I'm like, dude, I've been doing kettlebells. I'm good. My cardio is good to go. I'm like, I can do a full depth squat because that was the first time I was actually, the kettlebell certification taught me to do a full astagrass squat. And I remember not being able to do it until after that certification because I literally, they had you in a bottom squat for three days straight that it basically stretched all my ligaments and everything. And I, I remember doing full depth squats after that. So anyway, I went to this benchmark wad and basically got my ass handed to me. I mean, there was guys going, doing circles around me. Um, I remember doing squats for the guy and he kind of looked at me and he goes, you know, we'll, we need to sign you up for the on-ramp class, which that humbled me. The whole workout humbled me. And then, then I started to catch that fire where I was like, all right, this is something that um, I can do. And so there was a twofold thing there, you know, and then I, I was probably, let's see, what was I? I was around 28 think I was around yeah 28 or so no maybe 27 and then um you know at that point in your life 
you become responsible for your own education. You know, up up into that point through college, through high school, like you're kind of in these institutions and this is the path that you're set on to learn your skill or your education. But then at, at after college or whatever you decide to do, it's up to you to learn it, you know? And so I started to wanting to learn a skill too. And at first, and this all happened all at once. So at first I was looking at it and I was like, well, maybe I'll learn a language. Maybe I'll learn a martial art. Maybe I'll learn something. So then I signed up for Krav Maga, which is an Israeli uh, hand-to-hand combat. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. but Yeah, vaguely. Yeah. So that was really big in Baltimore. This guy had franchised three Krav Maga gyms. And so I would go in there, and it was jujitsu. It was hand-to-hand. It was really cool. It was the first time I did anything martial art-wise. I mean, you would go in rape tape up your wrists and all that kind of stuff and then that paralleled as a crossfit gym too so there was a guy that was in there he was in a trainer you would pay for this gym it was about 150 dollars a month something similar to crossfit and then you could do krav maga and then actually train so it was simultaneously all this was happening and then i'll never forget one day um i was sparring with this guy was about 260 gentle giant he like literally front kicked me through a wall and I cracked a rib and I rolled my ankle. And at that point I'm like, this is stupid. Like, what am I doing? Like I sell HVAC equipment. Like I'm not, I couldn't walk. I couldn't breathe. Like it was like, what am I, I was like planning for this weird bar fight that was like never going to happen. It was bizarre. And I think what I, what, what was happening was it was all these signs and these things were pointing me to CrossFit. And so finally I just quit all that. I'd already paid the 150, you know, I had already had that budgeted. And then I started to get, and this started with kettlebells too. I started divorcing myself from the vanity and worrying about the bodybuilding because it never was really coming around for me, right? But as soon as I stopped thinking about that and really focusing on performance, the aesthetics came. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Because CrossFit, it does help a lot with body fat, even though that's not its primary focus. That's one of the, um, I guess, side effects of it if you do it consistently enough. Right. So it was, it was weird. In like you know, bodybuilding, you want to get bigger arms and all this kind of stuff. But by just doing work, whether it's moving an object from here to there, any of that, that and that really started to intrigue me. And then I got my level one, gosh, I think it was in 2012 or 13. And I loved my CrossFit level one from an information standpoint because it it tells you the why behind wall balls. Like, why do we do wall balls? Why do we do thrusters? And there was, I like, it was funny when I, I coached a class last Monday and I, I put the physics equation uh, of force and the, the definition of work is... Um, force times distance over time, right? And then force is mass times acceleration. So that's that's the idea. And I, explaining to CrossFit to people is you're trying to increase the amount of workload over time. And that was really, that just intrigued this other side of my brain where I could engage myself mentally and really figure out the why about what we're doing. And that really thought, I really thought that was cool. And I loved the story of CrossFit and how Glassman um, more or less created it, right? And, and how he developed all these different types of movements. So that really started to get my fire going. And um, early in my career, career, my fitness journey, 
um, you know, it's all about learning the movements. You know, at first, back in the day, it was like, get a muscle up. That was the big milestone. So you'd work on getting a muscle up or whether it was double unders, there was all these movements that you kind of chip your way, you know, your way at it. Um, and for me, I started CrossFit and then I realized strength was an issue. You know, I can't complete Karen, um, in a decent amount of time if I can't even front squat 95 pounds, you know, or if I can't even back squat 225, you know, I'm not, I need to get stronger. So then I took a year off, probably about a year and a half off of um, CrossFit, and I did starting strength, which is the Mark Ripito. Um, and it, at the time, it was the CrossFit sponsored strength program, where basically it's a more or less kind of like a Wendler, where you're doing a three sets, three by five, but you're doing a five by five. And all you do is squat, bench, and um, deadlift there wasn't any, you know, I didn't do any conditioning. Um, I started to finally eat enough. I mean, I, this is extreme and excessive, but we were drinking and this is a big group of us in the gym drinking a gallon of milk a day. I mean, we were just crushing ourselves with calories. I was gaining a bunch of weight. I think I got up to two, I'm 200 now. I think I was like 235, 240. <laughs> But, you know, didn't really look like in shape. But then I, I, I started hitting those lifts. I started grooving in a squat, you know, being able to squat consistently, knowing what that form looked like, knowing what the deadlift looked like, and then really just dialing it in. And then what you do is you basically start off at a really low weight and you add five pounds and you, you squat, press, and deadlift three times a week on a five by five program and that's all you do. You don't do anything else and you increase your weight until you fail, until you can't complete a set of five, then you reset and you do it again. And in, we only in two and a, in a year and a half, we probably did that cycle four times, but my strength went through the roof. Like my squat, I probably put a hundred pounds on my squat, 150 pounds on my deadlift. I mean, because that's all you're doing, but I'll never forget the one day the CrossFit coach, I was so overweight, my belly, I was fat, the, but you had to divorce yourself from those aesthetics. And I had to just take a time out from that and build my strength up. Right. And I'll never forget. He goes, he, he made something to effect of like, I think you've reached the point where you can no longer outrun your food or something like that. Cause at that time, paleo started to come in. So everyone was eating paleo. That was a big thing. And, um, that's when I was like, all right, you know, I need to get some conditioning in. And then I started doing CrossFit football, which was kind of a powerlifting conditioning, um, track. And then finally I, I actually ended up moving to Pittsburgh in 2011 or 12. How did you come to be at CrossFit Mount Lebanon and what really inspired you to want to start coaching and using all the knowledge you've gained over the years to help other people? Was it a specific person? Were you just kind of inspired by past coaches? Was it maybe a certain event? I always had really good sport coaches, um, you know, all growing up and in, I went to North Allegheny. We just always had really good coaches and um, I just valued you know, when someone shares their journey. And I remember my, my personal journey is I was never athletically gifted at all. I have terrible hands. If you see me try to catch something, you're going to be like, really? I just don't have good hands. I, I can't throw. So anything I kind of like 
I got or how successful I was on the field is because I had to really, really work at it. I enjoyed practice. Sometimes I like practice more than games. Um, I love the regimen and I love the routine of practicing. That's just my mindset. And um, I had a really good coach in CrossFit BWI. Um, Ryan Thompson, I mean, he, he just was really good. He, he knew, he kept you accountable. He wouldn't let any movements slack. You know, um, he, he taught me discipline and integrity when it comes to weight, you know, scoring and moving. And he, he showed me how to do it right. And I think like having a coach that was really good initially and the gym itself was solid. I mean, they started the CrossFit Middle Atlantic Challenge. He started that back in 08 and 09 in our gym. He originally started it um, basically as a revenue source to get equipment into the gym so our gym had yokes our gym had probably 10 ghds our gym had a huge there were one of the first we had we had a custom rig before rogue even got involved just to accommodate we had we had rows of rings and squat stands and all this kind of stuff back in 2008 or 9 so i think having that standard and then my journey, I, I just, I went to some good places and I went to some bad places, you know? So I started to figure out what the difference was and how, um, coaching is key really, you know? And, and, um, I kind of had bounced around for a while, you know, I started on the North side and it was more of like a function of where I wanted the gym close to where I could work. So then I could hit it coming and going. You know, the CrossFit Mount Lebanon opened in 2013. I've lived in Mount Lebanon since 2012, but I, I didn't start coming here for a very long time because I just was, you know, at, at different places. And, you know, over the years, like, you don't really want to, like, switch a lot because, um, and I've, I followed Dylan around for a while through Steel Town, you know, because that imprinting process of, like, you know, the coach learning the student, the student learning the coach, I kind of was like over that process and I didn't really want to do that anymore. I wanted to be where someone knew how I moved, what I needed to work on and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so I kind of followed people that were familiar with me and I, I tried to kind of stick to that really. So I got here, like I said, two years ago, um, I knew Kevin, I don't know. My wife actually met Kevin. They would work together like she did photography and Kevin would do his business stuff at the Starbucks. And then I popped in here a few times um, when Mike Hilliard was here because we met at a different gym. So Kevin and I kind of knew each other. So um, I just pulled the trigger. You know, uh, there was a gym that kind of moved a little bit further out. And and I just said it's time to you know, I knew Dylan was over here and I knew a lot of people that I knew was over here. So. It was time for me to kind of come and check it out. And, you know, as soon as I walked in, it was just a solid vibe. You know, I mean, it's just a professional. It's ran like a business from the cafe to how the gym is, is clean. All the equipment is set up for you. It's just all the workouts. The classes are ran to the minute. It's just very professionally done. I can come in here, get a workout, not have to think about what I was doing. And, um... The competition is really good here. There's a lot of really good athletes that push you in different ways, which I liked. You know, I always like being pushed. And, um, you know, 
as I was moving along, my next transition was trying to, um, really think about the, the, what's next. You know, I just turned 40 last October, so I'm into another phase, right? So now I'm in this, I have all this use, I call it useless knowledge. Now it's time for me to start giving it back to people that are not necessarily younger, but just giving it back. Right. And that could be professionally, could be anything, anything that I have to give. I feel like I'm, it's time for me to be in that phase. And that was kind of the next step when this coaching, um, opportunity came about, you know, I saw a posting where you guys, the Crossman 11 was opening a second location. They're looking for, for new coaches. And, and I said, and I'd already done some coaching and I didn't really have the best experience, you know, and, and I tried to open up just like everybody else. I, I tried to open up my CrossFit gym <laughs> probably two or three times and it just never really worked out. I never really got the right partners. I tried to buy a few gyms and it just was never, it was like I, I was forcing the situation and it, and I'm glad it didn't work out because it was, wasn't the right situation, you know? So being older, you, you start to become patient with things, you know, you start to kind of step back and let things come to you and let opportunities come to you. You know, your only job really is to show up every day, to be present in situations, to be, um, in areas where opportunities will come to you. And a lot of that is just being there, being in the room. When someone says, Hey, I need a volunteer for this. You're there. So you, that opportunity comes up so you can, you can take it. So that's how it kind of morphed in, you know, and, and the staff here and Dylan, everybody really had a lot of faith in me and it was like dusting off the cobwebs of all this stuff. So now I'm in this phase of relearning really how to coach effectively and efficiently where I have all this knowledge, but to give it to people so they can absorb it one step at a time. So that's my next, my next challenge. And I've been focusing on longevity. You know, I want to do this for a really long time. I want to be that old guy. This is like a really weird vision that I have where, you know, I have two daughters and their boyfriends are coming over and I want to be in my garage gym with Timberlands and cut off sweatpants squatting when I'm Gosh, I'd probably be in my late 40s and 50s. Like, I always want to be that guy when I'm 70, 80 years old, deadlifting, pressing. But what happens now is I really need to take care of my body. So, you know, if you would, you would, I'm doing yoga now, I'm doing the Ramwad every day. It's revolutionized my mobility, my recovery, my mental state, even to stay in positions for four or five minutes long. My mental toughness is so much stronger. Um, getting my diet, you know, I've been tracking my macros and hitting that for about three years. And then I also stopped drinking alcohol for three years. So yeah, it'll be three years in uh, August, which was another phase, which is really, really huge. So that's a whole other podcast. But the point is, is I'm in this next phase of I'm, I'm focusing on longevity to making sure I can still perform at a high level, not mean I have to chase the 20 year olds around, but I want to be able to perform high level skills effectively, correctly into my forties. And I still want to be able to squat over 400 deadlift 500 consistently. Like these are things that I just want to just be able to have in my back pocket, knowing that, you know, as, as I've gotten older, particularly closer to my forties, 
your strength as a guy, it takes that long to, to build up your strength. I mean, some guys have it when they're earlier. I was a late bloomer. I couldn't grow a beard until I was 27. So I looked like I was a child until I was probably 30, you know, which is helping me now. But before, it, I was never considered a strong kid by any means. So it took me a while to get there. So I just, that's why I always value strength and all that kind of stuff. But realizing that moving well is the secret. And I think Dylan is really has a focus for that. And he has in all the coaches here, they have a focus for hip positioning, leg positioning, like being in the right position and being disciplined enough to be in that position. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what the next 10, 20 years holds. You know, I still want to be hitting PRs. They don't come as often as they used to, but they still, they still come. They're still there. They're still out there. You know, whether it's a one pound, two and a half pounds. Um, I'm hitting a lot of volume gymnastically. Um, I recently started doing the compete. Um, and I'm going to start, I'm going to push to make the quarters, you know, being in the second master's division, um, I'm just going to make a really big push with that. And that was a big eye opener. This last go around with the open was I jumped up like a thousand spots from like 3000 to 2000, just moving into a second master's division. And so one big goal of mine, I have it written on my mirror it's like Rocky where he like put the picture of like the Russian when he was fighting him, Drago or something. So I, I have the, the number 185 written on my mirror because 185 is the amount of spots in the world that I missed from quarters, which is cool. Like being a, a dude that couldn't even do a pull up, I couldn't do anything when I started. It was bad. And being able to like realize that that whole journey 12 years later has led me to this point instead of looking at my career saying, okay, well, I'm at the pinnacle, the rest is downhill. I'm still looking at it as a slow climb forward, you know, trying to reach quarters and then whatever, you know, do I think I'm going to go to the games? No, but I just want to reach those quarters and then we'll see. Being worldwide ranked is pretty cool. And like, there was a ton of, there was a lot of people here that did that. And that's a huge win. Anytime you and even like world, even Matt Frazier the other day was saying he was a world champion. Like technically that's true. It's like when the basketball players, the NBA says they're world champions. They didn't really play anybody else in the world. But anyway, but that's, those are my goals. And I, I think being here, um, coaching and then being consistent with everything is, is going to be how I get there. Final point is, you know, just like in life or in anything else, you know, everything you do builds on the next step. And I think, and I don't know if I probably read this or saw it on a meme. Nothing I say is from myself. I take it from somewhere else. So I think it's been said a thousand times. You learn more from your failures, failures than your successes. And this is a really good point. What I'm trying to show my kids, like even when I'm squatting in my garage, you know, I want to, I want them to see me not necessarily the lifts that I'm making, but how I fail on a squat, how I react to it, how I reload, and how I come back from that failure. Maybe I hit it, maybe I don't, right? But the idea was putting a weight on the on my back that I didn't think I was able to do. Maybe I hit it, maybe I don't. 
but showing my kids that it's okay to fail. It's okay to keep trying a muscle ups, but you just never stop trying. And one day you're going to get it right. And then maybe it's a snatch, whatever that is for anybody. It could be anything. Maybe it's just running 400 at a decent pace. You just keep at it. And then character is how you come back from that. I mean, I think Rocky said it is like, it's not how many times you get hit. It's how many times you get back up. And that's, Dude, that's like a life lesson because life's going to punch you in the face. Could be injuries, could be anything that's going on in your life. How you come back. That's why everybody loves a redemption story. That's like every movie is always, that's why, that's the whole Rocky series. How he's a nobody and he gets knocked down and he comes back up. So keep working hard. Keep pushing yourself. The other, the other thing too is you have to put yourself in a space to fail. You know, because sometimes I think people are too afraid to fail. And I'm at it right now, dude. I'm staring handstand walks in the face and I'm not even attempting. I got to just, Misha and I were talking, we were talking about it last a couple days ago. I need to be prepared to fall a lot. And I'm not quite there. I'll get there. That's my next goal is to handstand walk. But there's always something, right? Everybody always has something. That was my conversation with Josh Elliott. We talked in depth about his fitness journey and how he's had to evolve his fitness to match his goals. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. We're Mecca Fitness on all social medias. Be sure to stay safe and have a great class.